Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Yokohama tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Thanks for listening to the best of Outkick the Coverage podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the Coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. Car shopping would be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice. True Car shows you what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price when you're ready to buy a new or used car. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Uh, I think the big takeaway, more than anything else, is unless your team is the Chiefs or the Patriots, there's probably ample evidence that they're pretty decent and there's probably also ample evidence that they're pretty bad. Again, 13 teams sitting at exactly 2-2. Two and two. That's almost half the league. Uh, last night, by the way, uh, I know the Cowboys lost. At the end of the half, I still don't know exactly how Ezekiel Elliott was ruled down, uh, was not ruled down. That seemed like a clear case of him being down before the ball was moving. And I still don't know how the New Orleans Saints ran that play with four seconds left. And when the clock stopped, there were still two seconds left. It was wild to me. Uh, but I want to bring in the crew now. What would you say was the biggest takeaway of the weekend to you, Danny G? Well, first, good call by you with your Browns pick on Lockett. Nailed in. that one, yeah. Yeah, that was one you did get right. Dak and Lamar coming back down to earth were big stories. You talked about hurt quarterbacks. As a Raiders fan now, I'm interested to see what Oakland can do in London against Chicago with a backup quarterback. That's going to be a good test for a team that upset their opponent like the Bucks did. So Raiders and Bucks 
both big wins yesterday. Eric Harris for Oakland and Sue for Tampa Bay, each sealing their team's big wins on defense. The Lions and Bills coming so close to joining that list. I felt like the Lions had that game. It slipped through their fingers, and I was at a sports bar in Burbank yesterday. Crowd there at the sports bar, they were glued to two games, Lions and also the Bills and Patriots. The 99-yard touchdown return against the Lions was just brutal. It was. A couple of opportunities to score and kind of take control of that game, and they never could do it. I'm glad you mentioned, too, the Mitch Trubisky. I kind of hit on the fact that the Mitch Trubisky injury happened. I feel like the Bears might be better with Chase Daniel. I think that Raider fans might agree with you because when he came in and when he was playing, I was thinking to myself, man, would the Raiders have been better off with Trubisky playing in London? You're right. This is one of those situations where some Bears fans might think, okay, we might actually put more points up on the board now in offense. Yeah, I think it's it's very likely that that could be the case. And I know he's been a backup forever, but I think Chase Daniel – I mean, that defense is very, very good with the Bears – and Mitch Trubisky at times just gives the ball away. I also think if you are a Vikings fan, I mean, talk about a frustrating team to try to figure out. The Vikings are, at times, they look like they're good enough to not only go to the playoffs, but advance in the playoffs. And I think there's a lot of these teams right now because there's so many three and two and two and two teams uh, a quarter of the way into the season. But then they also go out and just put up a stinker like that. And the result is, you know, they've gone on the road in the division and they kind of choked away the uh, the beginning of the game against the Packers, and then uh, Kirk Cousins had the awful interception. But, I mean, he just, for whatever reason, Kirk Cousins is making a lot of money. And I know the quarterback gets more attention and more blame, but it seems to me that you can never rely on Kirk Cousins in a game that really, really matters. And this was a game, I, mean, I feel like, look, you give up whatever the, the defense in the for the Vikings gave up, 16 points, You knock out Mitch Trubisky, I think it was on the first drive of the game. You know you've got Chase Daniel, and you still can't figure out a way offensively to make anything happen. I I don't claim to be an expert on on offense, but to me, when you have Adam Thielen, when you've got Stephon Diggs, and when you've got Dalvin Cook all rolling, I don't understand how the offense is capable for the offense to only put up six points. I I, I just don't. Uh, What about you, uh, Dub? What was your biggest takeaway of the NFL weekend that was? Man, I was super, super impressed with the Buffalo Bills, especially their defense. I mean, this they held Tom Brady and the Patriots effectively to one touchdown and one field goal because the other Patriots touchdown came on the blocked punt yeah. where they recovered in the end zone. So pretty much they played that game even with the Patriots. They had got 12 more first downs in New England. They had 150 more total yards. I mean, they outgained them. They outperformed them in every single statistics other than the scoreboard, obviously, which is kind of what the Patriots do. And then also, you mentioned it, Gardner Minshew. I mean, he is officially America's quarterback. Yeah. I mean, this guy is unbelievable. He's, I think he's the first player, one of the first players in NFL history to have a passer rating over 95 in his first three career starts. And next week, him versus, and Kyle Allen are facing off. So uh, a, a battle of between some young up-and-coming backups. So that should be a good we one as well. We didn't even talk about the Cam video that he put out. But I think Cam put out a video Friday night. Am I right about that? Friday night, like his own YouTube video where he's sitting there in a scarf smoking a cigar. It was a really weird video. It made me think Cam Newton wants to be a French director. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know how many people even watch this video, but Cam Newton talking about his injuries. Is Cam Newton going to get the job back? I mean, I know that he's paid a tremendous amount of money, but Cam Newton lost his last eight starts as a quarterback for the Carolina Panthers, and Kyle Allen has come in and now won three games. 
it seems to me it could be difficult if Kyle Allen keeps winning like this. Christian McCaffrey appears better with Kyle Allen than he does with uh, Cam Newton. And how about the play that Kyle Allen made late in that game to to basically seal it? J.J. Watt had him dead to rights. I mean, if you haven't seen this play, you need to watch. I mean, did J.J. Watt comes at him like a uh, like a bear chasing a bot uh, a, a, a a big thing of honey and just opens up his arms ready to envelop him and wreck him and and in that drive and 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 Kyle Allen goes low and JJ Watt goes sailing right over the top of him and then he somehow doesn't go down steps up in the pocket and drills a pass downfield for the first down which would later lead to a field goal and by the time the Texans got the ball back they had to go the length of the field in 30 seconds. Hail Mary uh, landed in, uh, in the end zone, was not catchable. Um, but, man, what an incredible play by Kyle Allen to get his team to two, uh, to two wins since he's taken over as quarterback this year. Uh, what about you, uh, Eddie Garcia? What stood out to you? Well, the success of some of these backup quarterbacks or rookie quarterbacks that have been getting starts. Uh, Dub mentioned Gardner Minshew, Teddy Bridgewater, uh, Daniel Jones, Kyle Allen. I believe there are a combined 8-1 and one as starting quarterbacks now. Jameis Winston looked amazing. I, 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 I mean, I know he can't do that consistently or he'd be one of the best quarterbacks in the league, but he was throwing bombs all over uh, the Coliseum there in Los Angeles, and that was a real stunner. Uh, the Buccaneers beating the Rams and putting 55 points up on the board. One of the rookie quarterbacks that didn't do so good was Dwayne Haskins, who uh, Jay Gruden decided to throw him in there to see if he could do anything, and he threw three interceptions, and Jay Gruden may be fired by uh, the time the Redskins play another game. Yeah, Jameis Winston had a good game. I think it's if you are a um, if you're a Rams fan, it's one thing to lose in the NFL. To lose giving up 55 points at home, when you're sitting at three and zero, I mean that that's pretty difficult to uh, to stomach. And it was a good bounce back from the Bucks, who had such a crushing defeat when they missed a 35 yard chip shot field goal and allowed Daniel Jones to get the win. Uh, Marcus Mariota also goes on the road and plays phenomenally well in the first half. And if you're a Falcons fan, you're sitting around saying, "I don't know what's going on. I thought our offense with uh, with Matt Ryan with Calvin Ridley." Uh, Sanu obviously and Julio Jones is going to be more explosive than it has been instead we're one and three and that's a pretty difficult proposition to be in uh what about you uh, Roberto final uh, final thought here and then we'll get an update from Eddie Garcia uh your biggest takeaway from the weekend that was in the NFL crazy thing that I noticed in the NFL we have a league of two and two teams yes 13 total man we have five in the NFC Eight in the AFC. Everybody in the a- your AFC South, Clay. Everybody is t- t- is tied at two and two, which hasn't happened since 1970. It's that cra- every team would be two and two. It's crazy. And then we got the Raiders and the Chargers that both at two and two. Raiders ahead right now, and we got the Eagles and the Giants also both two and two. So it's gonna be interesting to see which one of these two and two teams, you know, see who who ends up being a play playoff teams and which ones are. Not going to be so good at the end. I, I think when you break down the first four, I know we have a game tonight between the Bengals and the Steelers, but I think you break down the first four weeks in general, I think the NFL has to be ecstatic because they have managed to create an expectation that there are going to be a lot of teams alive. You know, Sometimes when you start off 1-3 or 0-4, it's hard to believe that your team is really still alive to contend for a division title. Even the 1-3 teams are still, by and large, a lot of them alive because there hasn't been a lot of separation unless you're in 
the uh, in in the Patriots or the Chiefs division, where we thought coming into this week, hey, you know what? The Patriots and the Chiefs are the elite level teams in the AFC. We expect to see them play in the AFC Championship game again. But even though they won, I thought that they looked vulnerable. Like Dub mentioned that the Patriots, even as good as they were, they were outgained. They scored 10 total points on offense. They blocked a punt, which was the difference in this game. They knocked Josh Allen out of the game. Matt Barkley comes in and had a chance driving late to potentially give the Bills the win. If you're a Bills fan, even though you lost and you've seen it happen so many times, Tom Brady, I believe, got his 16th win in your stadium, which is more than anybody else in the 21st century has won in that stadium. You still have to feel, I believe, as if you can contend going head-to-head with the Patriots. Brady looked old. The Patriots didn't block well. Their offense did not look very solid. Now, they finally gave up a defensive score, Uh, But there's no doubt that the Patriot defense is outstanding. I'm not sure about their offense. And then for the Chiefs, the Lions took them out of the clouds. There were no massive, huge plays down the field. They made them work their way up and down the field. And but for a couple of bad handlings of the football in goal line situations, the Lions win that game. And so even for the Patriots and for the Chiefs, they looked more like mortal teams than they did the kind of teams that could make a run at an undefeated season or were going to continue to blow out everybody going forward. We'll continue to unpack this. I'll open up phone lines, 877-996-6369. If you want to react to what you saw, 877-996-6369. But first, Eddie Garcia, what you got for us? Want to remind you that online car shopping can be confusing, but not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Let's check the NFL from Sunday. Sunday night, it was the Saints without scoring a touchdown, still beating the Cowboys 12 to 10, thanks to four field goals. That's the Cowboys' first loss of the season. Late action, Buccaneers score a franchise record 55 points in a 55 40 win in LA over the Rams. It was the Bears beating the Vikings 16 to 6, despite losing quarterback Mitchell Trubisky for the game with a shoulder injury on the first drive of the game. Jaguars get a field goal as time expires to edge the Broncos 26-24. Denver 0-4 now on the year. Seahawks beat the Cardinals 27-10. Arizona winless at 0-3-1. Early action Chiefs are 4-0 coming from behind to beat the Lions on the road 34-30. It was the Patriots improving to 4-0. They squeak squeak one out against the Bills and Buffalo 16-10. Browns over the Ravens 40-25. It was the Giants beating the Redskins 24-3. Washington 0-4 on the year. Raiders beat the Colts on the road 31-24. Chargers down the Dolphins 30-10. Miami 0-4 on the year. The Panthers beat the Texans on the road 16-10. And the Titans knock off the Falcons in Atlanta 24-10. We'll be back to outkick the coverage in 10 seconds. But first, a word from Farmers. Farmers Insurance knows the difference between a car hitting your bumper and a clown car hitting your bumper. Sorry about that. Because at Farmers, we've seen and covered it. We are Farmers. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. Now back to Clay Travis and the Geico Outkick the Coverage Studios. Yeah, I appreciate that from uh, Eddie. This is, I think, a big storyline that continues to grow in the NFL. It's the quarterback health, uh, given the fact that we're not completely finished with four weeks yet. We lost, potentially, to benching and or to, uh, to injury. 
I don't know if Case Keenum is going to come back and start at all for the Redskins at this point if you're sitting at 0-4. I think it probably makes sense to go ahead and hand the reins to Dwayne Haskins and see what he's capable of, whether or not he is your quarterback of the future. You might as well start trying to find out now. But Josh Allen goes out with a pretty nasty hit. And I think we have audio, by the way, uh, on that Josh Allen hit where one of the Bills says, if that had been Brady, the player who delivered that hit would have been ejected. Here's that audio. That's the first thing that came out of my mouth on the sideline. If one of us did that to, to 12, um, we wouldn't have been in the game anymore. There's no way There's no way we would have continued to play in that game. Um, even with the holding penalty that we had, offset penalty, no, there's no way. You know, And it's stuff like that. You know, we got to – obviously, that's our quarterback. We, we ride or die with him. Um, to see that happen, you know, he – you know, Josh didn't slide, but at the end of the day, you can't – it doesn't matter if it's a running back, you can't head-to-head. Um, and so that's why I wanted a confirmation from you that it was – it was head-to-head because I didn't, I didn't get a good look at it. Like I said, if that was, if that was our quarterback, there's no way that, that, would, uh, could you, that you could continue playing. That's Micah Hyde uh, breaking down the hit on Josh Allen that knocked him out of the game. Again, Tom Brady has the worst passer rating in a game for him since 2006. One reason that the Bills uh, were, uh, were, were lost this game was because Josh Allen got knocked out. And again, Matt Barkley had to come in. Uh, but uh, that is Micah Hyde talking about that hit. Uh, Mitch Trubisky also out. Any kind of early read? I know we'll talk to to our guy, uh, Dr. David Chow, pro football doc, on Thursday. But any early read on Mitch Trubisky and how long people are saying he might be out, Danny G? Yeah, so it's funny you mention our Dr. David Chow because – Everybody's referencing him on social media because he wrote an article about it. He said to him it looks like the labrum is torn, which would require surgery, but he says Trubisky could still come back before the season's over if that's the case. But that's an end of the season. I mean, you're talking about out for double-digit weeks right. probably. So if- he would, if he came back, he'd come back at the end of the season. Yeah, so I, I question legitimately whether Mitch Trubisky will come back at all this year. Uh, particularly because I think Chase Daniel will play decently now in relief because that defense is just so good. You need a game manager almost more than you need a playmaker uh, because so often the time, Mitch Trubisky turning the ball over, putting the offense in tough positions, you just really need somebody to not make disastrous decisions because by and large, the Bear defense is so good, they're going to keep you in almost every single game that is out there. But that's three more quarterbacks on the uh, injured or benched list. And uh, Jason McIntyre, my guy, uh, put together this list. But I want you to think about this since the season has started. Nick Foles, broken clavicle in week one of the, uh, of the, uh, of the season. Drew Brees with the thumb injury. You saw him on the sideline last night rooting on Teddy Bridgewater. Roethlisberger out for the year. Ryan Fitzpatrick has been benched for Josh Rosen. Eli Manning benched for Daniel Jones. Cam Newton out, and he put out that video, like I said, where he felt I felt like I was watching a, a French director uh, discuss his latest film. He sat there with a scarf on and uh, smoked a cigar. Sam Darnold out with mono. Case Keenum uh, out as well, now being benched for Dwayne Haskins. We'll see how long that lasts. Josh Allen out. We'll see whether or not he's able to play in week two that or this coming week. Seems doubtful to me. I don't know about you guys, but that seemed like a pretty severe uh, concussion, pretty severe hit. Uh, and then Mitch Trubisky out for what seems like it's going to be a fairly substantial period of time. This doesn't even count the uh, the injury that we saw take place to Trevor Simeon when he was knocked out as the backup for uh, the Jets as well. So that's 11 different quarterbacks who've had major injuries without week four even being complete. 
Um, let's go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and go to the break. Uh, I'll take some of your calls to close out the hour. 877-996-6369. Your opportunity to react to everything that happened in the NFL. Hour two, we will go in and start uh, the uh, college football breakdown. That'll be the start of hour two. Again, the phone number, 877-996-6369. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Michelin tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installer 
installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their Michelin test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Live from the Geico Outkick Studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. And we're brought to you by True Car. When it comes to selling or trading in your car, you need to make good choices. And with True Car, you've got a star on your roster. So when you're ready to sell or trade in your car, check out True Car, True Cash Offer, not available in all areas. What is available in all areas? How about Outkick? Appreciate all of you. Uh, hanging out with us wherever you may be across the country. We just had that idiot Chiefs fans call in saying, oh, the Chiefs look great. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, even Andy Reid didn't believe the Chiefs looked that good. Uh, in fact, he decided that he had a perfect analogy for it. Uh, they were they, their, their win was a lot like all those paintings that Mozart did. Hey, not all Mozart's paintings were perfect. It's a tough audio, but not all Mozart's paintings were perfect. Uh, the end result, they're, they're going to sell for a million dollars. Well, Mozart, of course, was a composer, but Andy Reid's intent there was to point out that sometimes you win even though you didn't play very well, notwithstanding that idiot Chiefs fan who called in and said, oh, you, must not, you must not have watched the game, pal. You must not have watched. I don't know what you were watching, pal. That game, we looked great. Uh, all right, let's move into college football here uh, for a second. Um we got a lot to react to in college football. And I would begin here in terms of college football. If you had never seen Clemson play before and you were judging them entirely based on what they have done on the field so far this year, I'm not sure Clemson's a top 10 team. I think at best they are a borderline top 10 team uh, because they were very, very fortunate to get past North Carolina. Mac Brown goes for the two-point conversion. Uh, and as a result, UNC loses. But UNC lost at home to Appalachian State the week before, and they almost beat Clemson. There's no way on the planet that Clemson deserves to be considered one of the top five or six teams in the country right now. You know who does deserve to be considered one of the top five or six teams in the country? And maybe the number one team overall is Ohio State. What they did to Nebraska was eerily similar to what Penn State did to Maryland You go on the road. Everybody's all hyped about the opportunity to play against you. The home team thinks, hey, maybe we can pull off an upset, and they're dead on arrival. Just like Maryland was never in the mix against Penn State, Nebraska never had a chance against Ohio State. I don't know about you guys either, but with Ryan Day as the head coach of Ohio State and with Greg Schiano fired and no longer the defensive coordinator there, I find Ohio State to be a thoroughly less hateable team like I don't even find Ohio State to be remotely hateable one of the reasons why Ohio State always was hateable to me was because I believe Urban Meyer made a calculated decision to leave the SEC right when it started getting really really hard at Florida sit out for a year and go to the Big Ten where there were hardly any good teams now the Big Ten has got a lot of good teams And so I don't feel as if Ohio State is dodging all tough competition in an effort to find themselves at the end of the year in the playoff or in the national title game. Whereas in years past, I definitely felt like that. In fact, 
I feel as if Clemson, they don't get a mulligan. They don't play a single top 25 team for the rest of their season. If they lose to anybody, to me, they're out of the playoff because they're going to be three touchdown favorites of every game the rest of the way, just like they were three touchdown plus favorites against North Carolina. If you lose one of those games, you don't get the right to get in the playoff. You don't have a mulligan. Pac-12, every team is now lost. Cal lost on Friday in a tough defeat to Arizona State. But while the Pac-12 has been getting ridiculed a great deal, it's infinitely stronger as a conference top to bottom than the ACC is. The ACC is pure garbage. The SEC has five teams in the top 10. The SEC has five teams in the top 10 for the 19th time. No other conference in America has had five teams in the top 10 ever. The SEC has does it has done it 19 times. Now, I don't think all five of those teams are particularly good. I think Auburn is potentially really good and getting better if you've been watching the way that they have been progressing under Gus Malzahn. Feels a little bit like their 2010 national title team and like their 2013 team that played for the title. You've got offense with Bo Nix coming along, and that defense is really, really good. And they're getting better week to week. They go on the road against Florida. I'm not a believer in the Gators as a top 10 team. I am a believer in Auburn, Alabama, LSU, and Georgia as being really good. So we'll see how that starts to shake off. But Auburn gets to 5-0. and uh, I'm not a believer in Alabama right now. I'm not a believer in Clemson. And again, if you just watched Alabama play, Tua is the best quarterback in college football, bar none, from a passing perspective. Jalen Hurts may be the second best quarterback, and we'll get to him and what Lincoln Riley has meant for him in a moment. But right now, Alabama's wide receiving core might be the greatest wide receiving core that has ever existed in the history of college football. I think, guys, they've got four first-round draft picks at wide receiver right now. Some of the young guys still coming into their own, but I think they got four first-round draft picks. Problem with Alabama is their defense is very mediocre to bad. They gave up, let me give you the stats here, Bama gave up 459 total yards to South Carolina and 476 total yards to Ole Miss, including 270 rushing, 279 rushing yards. Uh, this is an average, if way below average, SEC caliber defense for Alabama. They're going to have to outscore everybody all year long, and I'm just not sure that their defense is strong enough to do it. They're playing a lot of freshmen. They are getting run on and scored on by mediocre teams like South Carolina and Ole Miss. This is not your lockdown Alabama defense that you've gotten used to over the last decade and change with Nick Saban. As good as Tua is, if Tua were not on this team and you just had an average quarterback playing for Alabama right now, I think this is a 9-3 and or 10-2 and Alabama team. Is Tua good enough to elevate them to an SEC championship and potentially a national championship? Maybe. But they're going to have to win some games like 45-42 to or even higher. Jalen Hurts, 415 yards passing, 70 yards rushing. They should rename the Heisman Trophy the Lincoln-Riley Invitational. This guy has a legitimate chance to go three for three with three different quarterbacks in his first three seasons as a head coach to win the Heisman Trophy. Baker Mayfield, boom. Kyler Murray, boom. Back-to-back number one overall picks. 
I don't think Jalen Hurts is going to be a first-round pick in the NFL, but man, he is performing at such an incredible level. If I'm an NFL team, everybody wants the next Sean McVay, such that everybody who has like the Sean McVay look, kind of the scruffy white guy, if you're a scruffy white guy like Cliff Kingsbury, you got the job. If you're a scruffy white guy like Matt LaFleur, you got the job. If you're a scruffy white guy like Zach Taylor, you got the job. Everybody wants their version of Sean McVay. You're, you know, 38 to 42 with scruff. If I were an NFL coach, I'd get a head coaching job right now. They all look like me. 40-year-old dude with scruff, offensive genius, boom, you get an NFL head coaching job. Lincoln Riley is worth $10 million a year to the right NFL team. I think there's going to be a rush to try to get him. I'm not sure he's going to go to the NFL. I'm not sure that he should, but what he's doing at Oklahoma is off the charts level special. Uh, in, in my Heisman top four right now, I've got 201. I've got Justin Fields and Ohio State, what they're doing, pretty incredible. Jalen Hurts, three. Joe Burrow, four. Interesting thing about that top four in the Heisman Trophy race right now to me as we come into week six of college football is that three of those four guys are transfers. Justin Fields started his career at Georgia. Jalen Hurts started his career at Alabama. Joe Burrow started his career at Ohio State. All three of those guys, who are three of my top four Heisman Trophy contenders, and I've got two at number one, three of those four started their uh, started their performances elsewhere. All right, let me give you my national top ten. You want to cue up the music, boys? Let me give you my national top ten here for college football based on what we've seen so far. Do we have any music? Is it up there in the background? Got to have the melody. Got to have the melody to lead with. By the way, we're going to be joined by Shannon Spake in the next segment. She worked with Fox and called Daniel Jones's game uh, between the Redskins and the Giants. What is Daniel Jones' mania like in New York right now as he goes to 2-0 and as a starter? We'll talk with Shannon Spake here in just a sec. My top 10. I've got Penn State at 10. The Nittany Lions sliding into my top 10 for the first time. And the 9 spot, Notre Dame. Yes, they lost by 6 on the road against Georgia, but I'm not sure very many teams could be closer to Georgia than Notre Dame was. They got a nice win over Virginia. By the way, who's the second best team in the ACC? Is it Duke? Is it Wake Forest? Are they one of the 50 best teams in college football? It's not just that there's no other top 25 teams, in my opinion, in the ACC behind Clemson. I'm not sure there's any top 50 teams in the ACC. In the eight spot, Wisconsin Badgers. They weren't very good against Northwestern. They were ugly. Could have lost that game. Did not perform very well. In the seventh spot, the Florida Gators. And then I think we got some separation in the top six. Oklahoma, I've got in the sixth spot. Alabama, yes, I have the Crimson Tide at five. I have the Alabama Crimson Tide as the fifth best team in college football right now based on what we've seen on the field. Ohio State, I've got four. And then my top three teams all from the SEC. I've got LSU three. I've got Georgia two. And I've got Auburn one. And again, I judge teams entirely based on what we've seen on the field, not what I expect to see. And Auburn has beaten Oregon, and they have won on the road against Texas A&M, not to mention the devastation that we saw against Mississippi State. I think they are as good of a team as is in the country right now. Uh, I've got the Auburn Tigers at one, Georgia at two. I'll start off with you, Dub, since you're a big college football fan. What was your big takeaway from college football the weekend that was? And what do you think about me having Auburn number one overall? Well, I'll start there. It makes me very, very nervous, first of all, to have Auburn number one. I kind of prefer 
the underdog role, and that just uh, makes me want to ask you, what what do you think the spread will be at Florida this upcoming Saturday, Auburn at Florida? I think it's already opened. I expected you guys to be favored, and I don't know if it's moved, but I saw the opening line was three, and my inclination is to take Auburn in that game because I, I think it's going to be low scoring. I kind of like the under there. Uh, I think both defenses will play very well, but I like Auburn to go on the road and win in the swamp. All right, and uh, secondly, what stood out to me is, you know, the good teams, other than Clemson, which you don't have in your top 10, which is interesting, they dominated. I mean, Ohio State, they went into Memorial Stadium and absolutely embarrassed Nebraska to the tune that's never happened before, honestly. I mean, Scott Frost in Nebraska, they've got to be sitting back today and just shaking their head and asking themselves what just happened on yeah, Saturday. Yeah, and, and, and Scott Frost was supposed to be the savior, and maybe things are eventually going to work out with Scott Frost at uh, at Nebraska. But, man, if you're a Nebraska fan and you watch that game against Ohio State, you had to be thinking to yourself, the gap between us and the top of the Big Ten is widening in year two as opposed to lessening, and that's never a good sign because Nebraska was very competitive against Ohio State last year in Columbus, and this year uh, Ohio State just came in and blitzkrieged them. Yeah, and then also Oklahoma, kind of the same story as Ohio State, just absolutely dominating these teams. I mean, I'm I'm almost ready to just pencil in Ohio State and Oklahoma into the in the playoff because especially Oklahoma, I don't really see anybody in the Big 12 competing with them and being able to stop their offense. I, you always think that, and then you have the game, uh, the, you know, the, the the Red River rivalry shootout, whatever it's called now, and it just such is such a wild card at the at the Dallas Fairgrounds. What's going to happen in that game, in the, in the old school Cotton Bowl that, that I say, you know, I think Texas is really the only team that can compete with Oklahoma, so who knows what might happen in that game. I've just seen too many wacky outcomes in a rivalry game of that magnitude. Otherwise, I think you're right. I think Oklahoma looks like they're head and shoulders above everybody else, but we'll wait and see what they do against Texas. And by the way, are you with me that if Clemson loses, given how bad the ACC is, they don't get an automatic mulligan into the college football playoff? Let's say that Ohio State continues to play as well as they are. Oklahoma continues to play as well as they are. And whoever wins the SEC, plus Georgia or LSU or Auburn, whichever team is clearly the second best, will have a better resume than a 12-1 and Clemson would. I totally agree. And I'm almost to the point, you know, watch them play. If they keep playing the way they have – I'm not so sure they're guaranteed a spot even if they run the table. I mean, if they keep having games like they did against North Carolina and there's an undefeated SEC team and a one-loss SEC team that play really close in the title game or, you know, one of those situations, I mean, I don't think it's a guarantee that they make it undefeated at this point because, like you said, they have not been impressive at all. Their most impressive win was a 14-point win at home against Texas A&M who almost blew it this weekend against Arkansas. So, I mean, if that's your most impressive win – that's not very impressive. Yeah, and I know there's been a lot of talk in college football about Alabama and Clemson and how good they are. Right now, I don't think Alabama and Clemson, either one, have looked like one of the four best teams in college football. I, I just don't, I'm not sold on that Alabama defense. Now, I think Tua is the best quarterback in college football by a substantial margin, purely from a passing perspective. I, I think he's on a different different level. I mean, it's almost impossible to blitz him. The talent at wide receiver for Alabama is off the charts, but defensively, I think the Tide's going to have some issues. Uh, okay, Danny G, what was your takeaway college football? I enjoyed Saturday. I watched that fun game between Arkansas and Texas A&M. It was good to see Kellen Mond bounce back with those three TDs. And the North Carolina game you were talking about, I was a little confused why they wouldn't try to take their chances in overtime. 
Um, I think going for two was the right play there. I know. They should have been able to hop on that onside kick. It was right there for them. Yeah, him. that was there for the taking. And yep. I, I, the thing I would say is sometimes in college football, you get crazy outcomes. Team goes on the road, turns the ball over four or five times. You get a punt block. You get a punt return for a touchdown. Defense scores. Like, there's a lot of ways sometimes the scoreboard cannot reflect what the actual game reflected. UNC played Clemson straight up average, even. Right there, you go look behind the numbers, go look at total yardage, everything else. That was an even game, and so that's the argument of why you take it into overtime. I think the difference is overtime, uh, not meaning in overtime specifically, but overtime, Clemson is way more talented than UNC, even with the big play that they hit with Trevor Lawrence to T. Higgins for the 21 14 lead. Sooner or later, Clemson would pull away if those two teams played long enough. I don't necessarily love the play call there, uh, and and oftentimes on the two point conversion when you get stopped, that that's the reaction. Uh, but uh, I don't like running wide against Clemson because Clemson's so athletic. So I, I almost like a misdirection and then hitting them straight up the gut if you're going to run the football as opposed to throw it. Just try to end it when you can. Yeah, I, I just think it's hard to run wide against extremely athletic teams, and so. Uh, with the the play that no, that North Carolina ran, like Clemson has so many athletes they could react to it, and they did. I feel like a misdirection where you go right up the middle, like if you fake a pitch and then you run the quarterback sneak or whatever else where you're going the shortest distance, or you just run a pass play, right? Like a couple of uh, slants uh, and just try to hit one of them. You got to, you know, whatever it is, 50% chance basically going for two of succeeding I like that play call now of course Clemson would have gotten the ball and had a chance to come back down and kick a field goal but uh that was a that that was potentially a game that would have changed the landscape of college football in a massive way uh Eddie Garcia what stood out to you honestly it's just so difficult to tell who is good at this point because no one's really played anyone yet of note. I mean, we're still talking about an Auburn-Oregon game. You know? I feel good that Ohio State is really good. I feel good that Oklahoma is really good. And I feel good that four SEC teams at this point are really good. Auburn, LSU, Alabama, and Georgia. I all feel pretty good. That's six teams right there. I think I just went off the top of my head that I believe 100% are good. Now, notice uh, Alabama, I would say, is maybe on the back end of that that group. Uh, offensively they're excellent but I understand the argument uh the college football why I love it is emotion gets so involved in college football that you get situations like lose to Appalachian State one weekend like North Carolina did almost beat the number one team in college football the next weekend the the variance for college football performance week to week is just off the charts I don't disagree with you. I, I just I just can't wait till we get a few weeks into the season so we can see some some better competition so far. And nobody's really played anybody at this point. I think Oregon's decent too. I think the Pac-12 is unfortunate because they've already all lost, and I feel as if their chances of making the college football playoff are virtually zero. And that's unfortunate, which is why I've been arguing for an eight-team college football playoff. I don't understand why the Big 12, the Pac-12 – and uh, in every conference, every major conference, the Big Ten, every conference that's been left out of the playoff at some point in time, why you wouldn't be all in 100% agreement that you need eight teams and a guaranteed spot in the college football playoff. I just don't get it. Roberto, did you watch a single college football game? Uh, no, I didn't. It was our daughter's birthday weekend, so well, I was busy, man. No, not one single college football game. Uh, I 
I was able to watch the second half of uh, USC and watched him, but then it was pretty much over. Yeah, I, I didn't think USC looked awful. We'll see what happens with them against Notre Dame, but uh, the Clay Helton death spiral continues. I mean, as soon as he wins a game, he comes back and he loses. But I, I think Washington's a lot better than USC, but USC kept it at least remotely close. All right, we come back. How good was Daniel Jones? What is Daniel Jones' mania like? Shannon Spake is going to join us. He was on the sidelines with Daniel Jones and the Giants and the Redskins game going on this weekend. What did she think of it? We'll talk to her next. This is OutKick on Fox Sports Radio. And let me tell you, as we go to break here, everybody needs a great pair of wireless earbuds. And if you want one that is affordable and works flawlessly, my wife is on the Peloton right now with the Raycon wireless earbuds in her ears at our house. She absolutely loves these things. She uses them for Pilates. She uses them for Peloton. She uses them for yoga, all this other crazy stuff that requires your body to be in the midst of exercise. And a lot of times what happens, earbuds fall out while you're jogging, while you're working out, or while you're trying to get physical activity done. Not these. They are fantastic, and they're at an unbeatable and phenomenal price. Go to buyraycon.com outkick right now to get 15% off your order. That's buyraycon.com outkick. 15% off Raycon wireless earbuds. If you've been eyeing a pair, now is the time to get an amazing deal. One more time, buyraycon.com outkick. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o o who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes 
that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Toyo tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended install near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their toyo test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be Welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice. True Car shows you what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price when you're ready to buy a new or used car. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Shannon Spake joins us now. Shannon, it's been a little while since you came on the show. First of all, thanks for coming on. Secondly, how did Daniel Jones' mania sound uh, in the Giants' home game yesterday? Loud. It was very loud. Um, yeah, it was in full effect. Actually, when we were driving in, we were counting jerseys to see what the ratio between Manning and Jones jerseys were. And I got to tell you, it was about fifty percent. There were certainly more Manning and and Saquon Barkley. Um, you know, out out you know outnumbered them all. But uh, there were a lot of Daniel Jones. And it's actually funny, Clay. I don't know if you saw it on the broadcast, but um. Tom Brenneman and Chris Spielman, we got a shot of a, of a fan who had a uh, Daniel Jones jersey on, but he still had the tag on it. <laughs> and so it was like one of those things where it's like, not sure if I'm going to get yes. the jersey. Might still have to return it. <laughs> I saw, it was actually pretty funny. I saw that the uh, the sales of Daniel Jones jerseys were up like 500% the uh-huh. minute that he was announced as the starter, and I'm sure they're up 1,000% now that he's gone 2-0 and as the starter. Uh, yeah. You talked to him, I saw, after the game. What's he like? I feel like nobody really knows him because he played at Duke. It's not as if the Duke football team gets a ton of attention. I don't even really know hardly what his voice sounds like. He's obviously performed very well on the field. What did you find him like? What did his teammates say? Uh, sort of give us a sense of what he w- was like to be around at least a little bit this week. Yeah, we actually got to sit down with him on Friday as well at the facility. And, and I felt like, Clay, I reached out to uh, David Cutcliffe. Yep. And I got to speak to David Cutcliffe on the phone. You know, he's a Charlotte boy. So, you know, Jay Billis, who I work with closely, knows him really well. He's friends with the family. And, and um, you know, I obviously do a lot of research on these guys before, especially when it's someone that, like you said, no one really knows. Uh, I, I talked to Sterling Shepard. I talked to their center. 
And everybody, I mean, they just kept talking about his poise. They kept talking about um, how he's the smartest guy in the room, how he's prepared for this moment, how it's not too big, all of this stuff. And I got to tell you, when he came in and he sat and he talked to us, when I watched him on the sideline, when I talked to him post game, he's just like an even keeled kind of dude. But when I saw him like on the field, when I saw them like get, I, I guess, um, at one point, um, there was a penalty in the end zone and, and, and it, on the other team and it was called back and, and he got fired up or I saw him like getting, in, getting into the huddle and he got fired up and you saw like this like surge of energy, which is what all the guys were talking about. And I'm like, all right, I kind of see it, but I didn't see it on the sideline because he's just so even keeled. He answers the questions and like a sort of a monotone kind of voice doesn't get really worked up. Didn't come out kind of pumping his, his fist with all the fans around. Actually, Eli Manning uh, was the one that led them out when I watched them come out for warm-ups. It was Jones and Manning right next to each other, but Manning was a couple steps ahead of Jones. So he's just like an even keel dude, which I think, honestly, Clay, like in the one on the one hand, you're like, New York, we want someone who's a little flashy. We want someone who's got big personality. But I think that might be his saving grace, right? He's not going to make the headlines. He's not going to be, uh, you, you know, the, the sound bite that everybody wants and everybody runs with in the New York market because it is such a big market. We're talking to Shannon Spake. She was on the sideline for the uh, Redskins game against the Giants. Now, you remember that we had the draft in Nashville. Daniel Jones goes number six overall and may have become the most criticized draft pick ever. I mean, you could almost not find a single person who would say anything positive about him at all. Giants fans booed. The initial reaction was very negative. The flip side is now you can almost not find anyone to say a negative word about Daniel Jones. Can you remember ever seeing in what is a relatively short amount of time? I mean, it's four games into the season, and certainly part of this is the way he performed in the preseason. But to take over an 0-2 team, and I know that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers missed a 35-yard field goal, but go on yeah. the road, bring his team back from a 28-10 to 10, uh, deficit. And then, frankly, this game never really felt that close against the Redskins. You didn't get the sense that Washington was ever going to be able to score any real points. It's wild, right, the trajectory in relatively such a short amount of time. Well, I'll, I'll take you back to the NBA draft that I worked a couple of years ago, Christoph Porzingis, right? When yes. he got drafted and the New York market, I sat there and did the interview with him, which took booze. I mean, everybody was booing him, and, and now they love him. Uh, and, and I think that I, I kind of go back on that. I, I don't think that people – and this is the argument I've heard, that, that not a lot of people watch Duke, right? It's, you know, if you're watching the ACC, you're, that Duke football is not really the game that you're tuning into. So maybe he wasn't as well-known as some of the other names. People didn't really know what he was capable of doing. But i got to tell you, so I talked to, when I talked to Cutcliffe, and, and I asked him if he knew when he recruited him, if he would be a high draft pick. And he told me that when, even though he, he redshirted a year, even though he was, his words, skinny and tall and not the you know typical kind of quarterback that you look for, he said when he came out and he ran the scout team, talking about Daniel Jones, obviously, when he came out and he ran the scout team, it was like every single day was the Super Bowl. And Cutcliffe actually used him as an example this past week with his players, saying, I knew that he not only was going to be a first rounder, but he was going to be a high draft pick just by the way that he learned every day and grew every day. And, and I mean, you saw that. He also told me, which I think is, you know, the, the, the resemblance to, to Eli is incredible. Yes. I, I was watching them on the sideline at one point, 
And we had, we were in the red zone, so I try not to bother my producer too much when they're in the red zone and they're trying to do some stuff and they're trying to go through replays. And goodness gracious, there were so many penalties in the game we had to clean up. Uh, but there was one point where I was looking at these two guys standing next to each other, and they were standing the exact same way, with their legs the exact same way, their arms the exact same way. It was like it was, like it was a shadow of Eli Manning. And, and, and I'm not surprised. He grew up coached by David Cutcliffe asking questions about Eli, asking questions about Peyton. How do the Mannings handle this? How did they spend their offseason? Every time Eli would come down and do his quarterback camp down at Duke, he, Daniel Jones was the first one there. He was a sponge. He would follow him around, watched his tape. You know, this is a guy that he looked up to, and, and it's not such a bad guy to look up to. And, um, and it's there. You can definitely see that resemblance. Did you talk to Eli at all, or is he still in the shadows now that he has been replaced? And if so, what kind of vibe did you get from Eli? I did not talk to Eli, but I did cover the game last year when Eli came back after he was benched. And I think, listen, half of the people will say, hey, this is the way he's supposed to handle this situation, right? He's a future Hall of Famer. He's had a great career. You know, he should be handling it this way. But we know, Clay, that's not always the case, right? I mean, I think we could give example after example after example of athlete who does not handle the situation the way that Eli Manning has handled it. And he has set the tone. And I think that's a big thing for Daniel Jones, right? He knows that this is his offense. Like, there's really no question, you know, obviously barring injury, that they're going to go back to Eli. And I think that that trust, that trust from Eli, the, the guidance from him, the way he's handled it, the way he's answered questions, the way the team has his back, the way the team has his trust. I, I, they're going to, they're going to, Daniel knows he can go out there and make mistakes, which he did this past weekend, and he knows he can learn, and he knows that they're going to support him through it out. I think Eli's handled it, um, it, it I mean, just amazingly. Uh, watching them yesterday, as I said, he was the guy who sort of led the team out. I saw him talking to Jones after every single offensive play. He's very much a part of this team. He's not on the sideline pouting because he's not out there. Uh, a couple other things. What about Dwayne Haskins? Uh, he gets his debut. He throws three interceptions. That's gonna, These guys are going to be linked, right? Wherever you, When you're a first-round quarterback, whether it's Kyler Murray, whether it's Daniel Jones, whether it is uh, Dwayne Haskins, the entire draft class is linked together, much like still Patrick Mahomes people talk about. People talk about Mitch Trubisky. They talk about Deshaun Watson, Marcus Mariota, Jameis Winston. Whoever you go with, people are forever going to link you with that guy going all the way back. Certainly Peyton Manning, Ryan Leaf, probably the most famous one-two picks ever. What did you see from Dwayne Haskins? Well, I think that's the grass is always greener, right? I mean, if, if you ask – girl A to the prom and, and your friend asks girl B to the prom, you're always going to be like, oh, maybe I should have gone with girl B. I just think that that's human nature. There's certainly going to be comparisons. I just think, I mean, honestly, my opinion is that he was thrown into a situation that was unwinnable. You know, I mean, you, you kind of look at where that team was that day. I mean, there was, and that's what I kept asking myself, like, is are they putting him in a situation right now where he can go out and actually win this game? Or are they just putting him out there to get some reps and to start to kind of make the change and maybe spark some life with this team? And I think that it's the second answer there. I'm not going to question what like coaches do, but you got to ask yourself, was that a winnable situation for Dwayne Haskins to get into um, yesterday? It's a volatile environment. The team is already down. There's injuries. Uh, you know, it's, I mean, they were they were already down in terms of the score. 
Um, but it, it, they, they did what they did. I don't know what the decision is moving forward. I haven't heard this morning. I think Jay Gruden's post game yesterday was, was noncommittal uh, about what they're going to do moving forward. Um, but yeah, I mean, if, if you guys aren't winning, if you think he's ready, then give him a chance, right? I mean, it's not like he can do any, any worse than what's already going on there. We're talking to Shannon Spake. Uh, go follow her on Twitter. Uh, I'll pull up the Twitter handle here in just a second, give it to you as, uh, as we talk with her. Uh, but you also are in Charlotte. I don't know if you saw Cam Newton's like French uh, resistance or uh, Renaissance video or whatever. I mean, he looked like a French filmmaker with the uh, with the the wine and the cigar and the uh, and the scarf on. I mean, what is the vibe in Charlotte with Cam right now? Because I mean, he owned that city right when he's the MVP and he takes the Panthers to the Super Bowl. And if you're not familiar with Charlotte, like I mean, that that is the team that everybody was all in on. And Cam was the guy. He could do no wrong. He was close to, you know, not that far away from Auburn. He's a Southern kid. He's playing in a Southern town, like really well-liked. And it seems like things have gone off the rails there. What's the reaction been to that video? I mean, one word to describe Cam Newton in the Charlotte area is polarizing. Yeah. I think 50% of the people love him and 50% of the people don't. Um, But I I mean, like, let me ask you, Clay, if he would have come out on that video and he would have been in, like, warm-up pants or sweatpants and a sweatshirt and just gone through the motions like and would you have been like what wait a minute what, what this isn't cam newton now, like i think all of us have come to expect like you just kind of look and you go i'm not surprised right i'm not surprised he's sitting there smoking a cigar four weeks into the season i know he's not playing drinking wine with like this cloud of smoke all around him i don't think any of us were surprised i will tell you this about cam newton so i've only been around him a couple of times i worked this event um Uh, in July. It was a Panthers event. He is, when he walks into a room, the energy in the room changes. He's such this, like, he's obviously a a huge human being, right? He's he's this huge athlete. Um, He takes up so much space physically, and his, just his energy takes up an enormous amount of space. Plus, on top of that, you know, his hair and then his his clothes, and it's incredible to be in a room. I don't know if you've ever uh, been in a room when he walked. Yeah, in, I covered. But... Yeah, I covered Cam. Someone he was in his yeah. r- making the run with Auburn. Um, it's and crazy. and I from I think there is an argument to be made that in 2010 Cam Newton had the best single season in the history of college football because when he won the Heisman Trophy, won the national championship, if he is an average quarterback on that Auburn team. I think Auburn goes eight and four. I mean, I think that's how transcendent of a player he was that they went fourteen and zero and won the national championship with him. Without him, I think they go eight and four. Uh, but but it's really, I mean, the, the putting on the, the 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 scarf and everything else, like the the, 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 the fashion is. Uh, it's hard for me to root for a guy who dresses like that. I'm gonna be honest. All right, last question for you. We're talking to Shannon Spake. You can follow her on Twitter at Shannon Spake. That's easy to remember. How was Guns and Roses? Oh, so good. So I'm going on like this, this like 90s spree. We went to Smashing Pumpkins a couple of times. Oh, that's of, um, also awesome. Yes. Dude, so Clay, so I go to bed at like 9.30 every night. My husband and I look at each other. We're like, no way are we going to make this entire concert. At the end, it's like 11.15. We are like, more, more. We're <laughs> screaming for them to continue. Guns N' Roses was so good. Slash was so good. I, I've never seen them before, so I think I tweeted out. and People are like, duh, yeah, he's great. I mean, it's it, of course, it's Slash. So I've never seen him in concert before. And he would do his solos. And, I mean, it just, like, I couldn't believe what I was seeing, how good he was. It was it was an incredible concert. And then you've got, you know, you've got, like, you know, 
Axel running around the stage. And unfortunately, when when I went to these concerts, when I was, you know, in the 90s, I was like in the middle of the mosh pit, close to the stage, like pushing people around. And now we're all like mid 40s, kind of standing there with our cell phones videotaping. It's a completely different vibe than what it was in the 90s. Outstanding stuff as always, Shannon Spake. Uh, every rose has its thorn, indeed. If you yep. are a uh, <laughs> if you're a Redskins fan after that performance, good stuff as always. When we come back, we'll break down more college football, the NFL. This is Outkick on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick: The Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Live from the Geico Outkick Studios, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. And we're brought to you by True Car. When it comes to selling or trading in your car, you need to make good choices. And with True Car, you've got a star on your roster. So when you're ready to sell or trade in your car, check out True Car. True Cash Offer not available in all areas. If you're just waking up, I have really stepped into it now. I can't even check my phone right now. My Twitter has exploded. Ever since I said that Guns N' Roses and Poison were basically the same band after mixing up who rang, who sang the song Every Rose Has Its Thorn while talking with Shannon Spake an hour two. A lot of Guns N' Roses fans out there. I'm telling you, pretty much the same, same band. No, uh, no. Yeah. Poison was cheesy with extra makeup and really just trying to get some chicks on the road. Whereas Guns N' Roses made well, some really classic hold music. On. Hold on a sec here, first of all. Yeah. Every single man who has ever gone into music in his entire life has been trying to get chicks. Yeah, but the they only didn't put people on who weren't makeup. trying to get chicks were the gay dudes who were trying to get dudes. All right. Every single musician in the history of mankind started doing music to get chicks or to get dudes if they were gay. Yeah, but along the way, some made classic songs, whereas others made forgettable music. Every Rose Has Its Thorn is a classic uh, song. No, I hated that song back then, and I still hate it today. It's a great metaphor, because roses have thorns. <laughs> <laughs> and you wouldn't know that if you, you hadn't know, heard that song. You'd have been like, you know what? You I know forgot what? that roses have thorns. You know what? Because of this travesty and everything wrong about your last segment and your segment with Shannon, we're going to play Guns N' Roses for the rest of the program. You know what? People out there will be like, I love this song. It reminds me of Poison. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so uh, there uh, you can go react with outrage to everything that uh, that I have said uh, on Twitter at Clay Travis. You can also, Shannon Spake is tagged in that, and there's no telling how much uh, misery she's going to have as she attempts to uh, to pour through all of that. Pour some sugar on me, one of those uh, groups too. Uh, no, that's Def Leppard. With the with the one arm, uh, uh, the, the yeah, he had one arm. He yeah. still has drummer. Is he still alive? I think he passed. Unfortunately, yeah. I'll, I'll double check. Rest on in that. peace, one arm drummer. That's all everybody knows about Def Leppard too. They had a one arm drummer. What happened to his arm? Car accident, I think. Oh, so he was a drummer. Then he was in the car accident. He wasn't born without the arm. I thought that was Guns N' Roses too. It's not surprising. Nope. Uh, all right. So, uh, speaking of iconic performances, yesterday, what iconic performances did we get in the NFL? Not a lot. Not a lot. We got a lot of mediocrity. There are 13 teams right now that are sitting at 2-2. Two and two. Only two 4-0 and o teams. I'm sorry, 49er fans. Yes, you are undefeated, but you're only 3-0. Two 4-0 and o teams. And notwithstanding the crazy Chiefs fan who called in with us in hour one, I think it was, maybe it was hour two, and said that the Chiefs look great. Actually, they didn't look very good, and Andy Reid attempted to make an analogy, and this is a pretty phenomenal analogy from a all-in-on-football kind of guy. 
Andy Reid was asked uh, in the postgame locker room. He's kind of given his his spiel on what exactly happened. And he said, uh, you know, every painting that Mozart did was not a masterpiece. There's a good question for you. Bigger goof. Andy Andy Reid thinking Mozart was a painter or me thinking Guns N' Roses (laughs) saying every rose has its thorn? Or us killing off Rick Allen, the drummer who's still alive. You killed him off. I thought he was still alive. Yeah, I remember one member of the band died. It wasn't Rick, though. Uh, All right, so uh, do we have the Andy Reid audio? Yeah. Here is Andy Reid talking about the win for the Chiefs that got him to 4-0. Hey, not all Mozart's paintings were perfect. All right, this is amazing on so many different levels. First of all, what percentage of Chiefs players do you think did not knew that Mozart was not a painter and was actually a composer? Well, it's funny you say that because when you see the video footage of this, a couple of the players behind Andy looked look kind of confused <laughs> so it's probably like half of our audience when you unsuccessfully referenced a guns and roses i song. would love to have been able to get like the actual results in the chief's locker room of how many people if you were like mozart painter or composer how many people would have gotten that right but i also love that andy reads like and it sells for a million dollars like a, a really <laughs> expensive <laughs> painting is like a hundred million dollars now <laughs> so like a million and first of all you're talking to a room the locker room full of rich football players so a million dollars to them is not even that much it's, it reminds me of dr evil yeah, on, yeah. Uh, yeah. on uh the, austin the, powers austin yeah. powers wayne's world um <laughs> reminds me of uh, austin powers you know where he says i want you know but a million dollars for like I, I don't know who he got him confused with i don't know if he got him confused with michelangelo i don't know who he's getting him confused with exactly with Mo, with mozart but that is phenomenal michelangelo is a ninja turtle though well, uh, it's also true in all fairness <laughs> if mozart did do a painting that would probably be a million dollars it, it probably would i, yeah. I gotta say yeah, andy reed's right i mean Mo, i probably i mean mozart's <laughs> painting would probably be pretty decent too uh all right so that was going on last night by the way for those of you who are just waking up, in the event that you went to sleep before it all ended, the Cowboys on the road against the Saints. This is how it ended. Let me give you a little bit of a picture. Uh, I uh, I turned on the television because it had been a boring game. I watched the whole first half, then had some stuff to do. Put on the television to watch the uh, fourth quarter. The uh, Saints are in a pretty good spot. They're driving, trying to run out the clock. The, all they need is for Teddy Bridgewater to either not get sacked or not turn the ball over, and they're going to kick a field goal to go up 15-10 and require the Cowboys to drive the length of the field and get a touchdown. Instead, Teddy Bridgewater gets sacked. Drew Brees on the sideline reacts. He's like, oh, my God, how do we give up this sack? Brees was, by the way, all in on watching this game on the sideline. He hasn't watched that many games in his career with the Saints. And then uh, they get a huge sack after the punt. The Saints do. Cowboys do not have a very efficient two-minute offense. They get the ball near midfield, but there's two seconds left, so all they can do is throw it into the end zone. Saints elect something that I think – so here's the deal. If I were in this position, we had a Hail Mary in the game against uh, the Texans and the Panthers, and also in this game. And so my position on this is pretty straightforward. I don't understand why, when you know you have to have a touchdown – why you wouldn't drop six guys, put them all directly in front of the end zone, right? Like, you know, five yards out in front of the end zone so they can all just line up in like a picket fence and then do what the Saints did, which is rush one extra man 
with the idea being, hey, we want to hit the quarterback instead of allowing him to set his feet, not be uh, under pressure at all, and fling the ball into the end zone. Saints blitz one, drop everybody else. This is what it sounded like. Takes a snap. Saints bring five. Prescott throws this one. It's not even going to get to the end zone. It is intercepted. Marcus William and the New Orleans Saints take this one from the Dallas Cowboys 12-10 to 10 on a phenomenal defensive performance. Now, coming into this week, I had as my top five in the NFL. This was my top five after week three. I had the Patriots one. I had the Chiefs two. I had the Cowboys three, I had the Rams four, and I had the Packers five. Of those five teams, only the Patriots and the Chiefs won. The Cowboys, the Rams, and the Packers all lost. But the way that the Patriots and the Chiefs won, I definitely felt as if all five of my top five looked not as good as I anticipated coming into this week. The Rams got absolutely run by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Cowboys did not look good, but they lost to a really good Saints team by two on the road. And the Packers blew a early double-digit lead and lost to the Eagles. Patriots very fortunate to win. If you watch that game at all, the Patriots were outgained. They scored on a blocked kick. Brady had his worst passing performance since 2006, I think it was. The Chiefs returned a, uh, a uh, fumble 99 yards. The, uh, the, the Lions gave away a lot of points in that game. I don't see how you don't emerge from the weekend that was thinking, my God, the NFL season is wide open. Every, some stats for you as to what we saw. Every team in the AFC South currently 2-2. Two and two. First time since the 1970 merger between the AFL and the NFL that every team in a division is 2-2. Two and two. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, first player since Jim Brown to go for 175 and a touchdown, at least one touchdown, in the first four games of a season, which is pretty unbelievable. The Broncos have lost eight straight games dating back to last year. That's the longest active losing streak in the NFL. Joe Flacco has begun 0-4 as Gardner Minshew mania continues to grow. Uh, Minshew now is a starter 2-1 with the Jacksonville Jaguars. My guy, Marcus Mariota, only quarterback who has started every game this season and has yet to turn the ball over. Tom Brady is 45.9 passer rating today, uh, yesterday, sorry, this is according to NFL Research, the lowest of his career going all the way back to 2006. And quarterbacks in the NFL that were injured or benched in week four action so far, Case Keenum benched for Dwayne Haskins, Josh Allen knocked out with what looked like a pretty bad concussion. Mitch Trubisky knocked out for what looks like will be a significant period of time. If you count uh, up the injury to Trevor Simeon, that is 11 starting quarterbacks, either injured or benched. If you count Andrew Luck, that's 12 of the 32 uh, NFL starting quarterbacks who have either retired, been knocked out, been injured, or replaced almost half the league before we even get to uh, the fifth week of the season. We'll see what happens tonight with Andy Dalton and with Mason Rudolph going head-to-head in Monday Night Football to finish off week four. But let me go ahead and bring in the crew. Uh, what is your single biggest take? And let's, let's go ahead and bring in the, uh, the uh, college football as well. College football, I gave you my top ten. Um, 
I believe there are five SEC teams in the top ten. I am a believer in Ohio State and in um, and also in Oklahoma. Let me go ahead and go with this question first for the crew. I said this as I went to break. I find Ohio State to be infinitely less hateable without Urban Meyer on the sideline. In fact, I don't find him to be very hateable at all. Danny G, are you with me? Am I am I alone in this feeling, or nope. does Ohio State feel infinitely less hateable without Urban? I think a lot of the country agrees with you. In fact, before the game started, when Day was interviewed on the sideline, he's a likable guy. Yeah, the whole team is likable. Uh, I love watching Justin Fields. Here's something to add to your list of TV shows to watch on Netflix: QB One, Beyond the Lights. It follows a few top uh, high school quarterbacks at a time. Justin Fields was on this last uh, season, his senior year. They follow him around Harrison High in Georgia. Yeah. Really cool to watch his upbringing and what he goes through in his senior year. So watching him, I feel like I know him because of that QB1 TV show. I'm rooting for him, and I'm rooting for the whole team, and I don't think I've ever rooted this much for Ohio State before. Yeah, but you agree with me that it makes him infinitely less hateable. Oh, very much so, because we don't have to watch the weird body language on the sideline anymore. And also, I just think Urban is like the quintessential hypocrite. He's a great coach, but he is just, every time he opens his mouth, he's lying. And I think that's one reason he's a great coach, because he can, there we go. There's the Ohio State rally. But not to be a hypocrite myself, I would love to see him coach USC. So. Oh, I think it would make it, it <laughs> yes. makes college football a lot more entertaining, and that's why he's good. I, I think coaches have to be able to convince players sometimes of things that aren't true. I mean, I, and I mean that honestly. I think sometimes in order to be a great coach, you have to be able to convince your team that they're capable of winning a game that they really shouldn't win. And so there's an element of intentional delusion that is required in order for a team to buy in, I believe, and be great. Uh, Do you agree with me, Dub, that without Urban Meyer, that this team is infinitely more likable in Ohio State? I do agree with you, and it's very, very weird to not hate Ohio State, but I'm in the same boat as you. I just don't find them hateable at all. They're fun to watch. they got great players. Justin Fields is absolutely lighting it on fire, and they're, they're just a fun team to watch, and they're beating down everybody they play so far. I need to put up a poll question on that. Is Ohio State infinitely less hateable without Urban Meyer? That might be kind of a complicated uh, a poll question, but maybe something simple is, do you like Ohio State more now that Urban Meyer is not the coach there? That's probably a good way of phrasing it. Uh, what about you, Eddie? Have you picked up on this at all? Uh, yeah, I would say under the terms of your poll question, I would, I would definitely answer yes on that one, although they're still unlikable because they say the Ohio State University. Yeah, look, I – I also think there was there were two components that I think were substantial about disliking Ohio State under Urban Meyer. One was Urban Meyer, who I think is a thoroughly detestable, unlikable human being. I don't know him personally. He may be a phenomenal human being, right? But his public persona is such that I find him thoroughly unlikable, right? I just, I don't like Urban Meyer. Whereas I don't have that same negativity for a lot of, it's not just winning. I don't find, for instance, Nick Saban or Bill Belichick, I don't find them particularly hateable. Right, I understand if you don't like the Patriots or you don't like Alabama. Certainly, Dabo Sweeney has won two national titles. I don't find him particularly unlikable. I don't think it's the winning. I think there's something about the way that Urban carries himself that is thoroughly unlikable. And I don't know if you guys agree with me on that. Bill Belichick, you may not like the Patriots, but I don't particularly dislike Bill Belichick at all. In fact, I enjoy the way that he acts because – I feel like Belichick is honest in some ways. He's not trying to pretend to be something that he's not. Same thing with Nick Saban. 
Nick Saban, they're both kind of douches, right? When they are in front of the press, when they're in front of the media, it doesn't bother me that they act that way because I believe that's what they're like in many ways. Whereas I feel like Urban Meyer has always been trying to sell me a bill of goods, to be something that he's not. There's just something very unctuous and oily and untrustworthy about Urban Meyer. He's always seemed like a used car salesman to me. Not that I hate used car salesmen, just that I don't necessarily think they're the most trustworthy people out there. And and he's been great on Fox, right? I evidently, yeah, he's been pretty good on television. And I look, I know Liner and Brady Quinn and Rob Stone all really well, and they like having Urban on the show and say he's been really likable. So I, I'm not saying that I know Urban. And one thing that I have found in my career is I try to judge people when I actually meet them on what they're actually like with me as opposed to what you might expect of them. And I'll give you another example of a guy. A-Rod, before he started working at Fox, everybody hated him. Not meaning the people on the Fox lot, meaning everybody out there in the world was was thinking A-Rod is an awful guy. He's not a fun guy to be around. And everybody who works with A-Rod loves working with him on the Fox a lot. And so I always – so, and I've met A-Rod a couple times on the Fox a lot. He wouldn't know me. But I always judge people – if they work at Fox, based on how they are in the green room, yeah, and, they like they like A Rod because he brings J Lo around. That's why. Well, that certainly doesn't <laughs> hurt. And J Lo is going to be doing the uh, the Fox Super Bowl, by the way, yep. along with Shakira. Yep. Uh, but which, one guy who does know you though, Urban Meyer. I wonder what he does when he hears your name. Oh, Urban hates me. <laughs> Urban, Urban, like would probably. I haven't. I haven't been on the lot with Urban at the same time, but Urban would choke me out. I, I think if he had his choice. By the way, is that the hottest Super Bowl halftime contest in all time with J-Lo and Shakira? Yes, definitely. I mean, Beyonce did it, but Beyonce by herself. I'm if not there, even if sure. If there's another wardrobe malfunction to Super Bowl, this has got to be the one, right? Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> uh, Shakira and J-Lo is like a different caliber of hotness. And I don't. how old is J-Lo now? Like 52? She's Yeah, 50. She's in her 50s. Though. I mean, she is the hottest 50-year-old woman maybe yes. in the history of the world. Yeah, and rumor rumor has it they're going to bring out Slash on guitar. <laughs> well, I hope he plays Every Rose Has a Thorn because that would be incredible. Uh, but that is going to be, and it's perfect because it's kind of a Latin-flavored Super Bowl in Miami to have Shakira, who obviously has a huge connection with Latin America, and then to have Jennifer Lopez, who is, I mean, I think everybody loves. That's going to be a pretty awesome halftime show. I, I think that that is big time for Fox to line those up, and obviously – uh, A-Rod dating J-Lo is how, uh, in many ways, some of those connections end up happening. But, I, I, yeah, I mean, you with me, Roberto, on the Urban Meyer question, like, you don't watch a lot of college football, but... No, I, I never really hated any team in college football. The only team I ever really hated is USC. That's about it. Yeah, see, I think that... Mo- I'm going to put up a poll question. Is Ohio... What did I, how did I phrase it? Do you hate Ohio State less now that Urban Meyer is not coaching there or whatever? I need to figure out during the commercial break how exactly yeah. to break that down. Is Ohio State more likable now that... Urban Meyer's not there. Yes. Yeah. Do you like Ohio State more now that Urban Meyer is not their coach? All right. When we come back, we'll, uh, we'll go back in. Biggest takeaways from the NFL and from college football. We'll all give them a big picture over the course of the weekend of watching a lot of football. Uh, That's still to come. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. This is OutKick on Fox Sports Radio.
Your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.